When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Aaron Rodgers has spoken. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save. 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com. So Aaron Rodgers has spoken, Ian. Well, he's posted anyways. It's kind of speaking, right? Kids these days, this Aaron Rodgers, even though he's pushing 40 years old, he took it to the gram like all the kids do. And he wrote on Instagram, thank you to every person that has reached out, called, texted, DM'd, connected through a friend, etc. It has meant a ton to me. And I'll try to get back to all of you soon. Wide-eyed face emoji heart. I'm completely heartbroken and moving through all of the emotions, but deeply touched and humbled by the support and love. Broken heart emoji. Please keep me in your thoughts and prayers as I begin the healing process today. Prayer emoji, infinity emoji, heart emoji. The night is darkest before the dawn and I shall rise yet again. Proud of my guys. One and oh, plain emoji, dollar sign emoji. Your reaction, Ian. Was he the damn dark night? <laughs> the night is darkest just before the dawn. And I promise you, the dawn is coming. It's the most Aaron Rodgers way to end things. I mean, the rest of the post is so normal and so what we would expect from anybody. Like, so run-of-the-mill. Thanks for all the support. and Everybody reached out. I'll get back to everybody. And then, bam, he goes full Aaron Rodgers at the end. The night is darkest before the dawn, and I shall rise yet again. All right, hold on a minute. First of all, is is the rest of it really normal for a 40-year-old, about to be 40-year-old man? Well, because I, I didn't know what the, I mean, like, I didn't even know I was on the gram. I didn't know it was called the gram until my <laughs> oldest daughter was like, dad, you need to be on the gram. I'm like, what the hell is the gram? And are you on drugs? Is that what you're talking about? Grams? I mean, wait, wait, what, what is going on here? <laughs> so, so I, uh, yes, it now is I'm normal. On the gram and my daughter's run the account, right? So I've, I've, I, you are I'm, abnormal for somebody under 70 years old uh, but, to not be well-versed at all in the gram. So, yes, Aaron Rodgers at 39 uh, the is emojis exhibiting. And, and the googly eyes yeah, yeah, he's and the do, infinity he's doing, symbols. Do grown men actually use that stuff? Yes, I can confirm. Grown men do, in fact, use these emojis. Besides what Aaron Rodgers. Besides Aaron Rodgers. What I did learn from this post, though, from Aaron Rodgers, is that Aaron Rodgers has his DMs open. Because he actually references all of the DMs that he's received. And in fact, he does. You can DM Aaron Rodgers. You slide into the DMs? I have not slid into Aaron Rodgers' DMs yet. I'm not sure he wants to hear from me. Been pretty Maybe. critical of that guy this summer. You can apologize. Thank I'm him so for sorry. all the content. It was painful to watch you get hurt. Broken heart emoji, googly eye emoji, <laughs> right? <laughs> I Just mean, send him a bunch of emojis. Look. But the but my favorite part, aside from the teenage girl emojis, cherry blossom, you know, banana fruit, whatever thing you want to throw on there. I mean, you know, emoji after emoji. The last part. Read that last sentence again, please. The night is darkest before the dawn, and I shall rise yet again. 
And then he goes on to say, proud of my guys, one and O, jet emoji, dollar sign emoji. Right. Okay. So we've got Bruce Wayne here, you know, on the frozen lake, light it up. I mean, that's, that's what, you know, that's where we're, that's where we're going here. And then I really need Chris Carlin at this moment because he does a bit where he will pull random Gandhi quotes and Aaron Rodgers quotes, and it is priceless. And you have to figure out who said it, Gandhi or Aaron Rodgers. And every time Carlin pulls that bit out, I cry laughing. I'm, I've almost wrecked my truck 17 times whenever he does that damn bit. And that, that, one, that is one where you could go Gandhi or Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely. Which one? It is so. It is the most Aaron Rodgers of Aaron Rodgersy <laughs> thing. By the way, I keep saying he ends it with a dollar sign emoji. He ends it with a pound sign. I don't know why I keep saying dollar sign there, but he's proud of his guys. Keep They're pounding, one and no. I guess. The, I don't know. I don't know. The the night. Yeah, I guess that's what it means. Keep pounding. There you go. I I, I think. Look at you reading emojis. Look at you, that's all Ian I had. Fitzsimmons. That's, that's all I got for you. You're making fun of it, calling this teenage, teenage girl stuff. It feels like you're well-versed in the How language of emojis. How many emojis were in a 40-year-old man's is it IG, IG post? Uh, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, six, seven, seven. And then if you consider the pound sign, one, eight, but that's not really an emoji. 888-SAY-ESPN. At what point do you lose your man card, right, <laughs> uh, when it comes to how many emojis that you can use in one Instagram post? <laughs> well, Aaron Rodgers is doing it, and he's doing it quite fluently, took, apparently. I'm going with the over. His future is going to be up for debate. There's going to be a ton of speculation moving forward, not just if Aaron Rodgers' career with the New York Jets is over, but if his career period is over. Robert Sala His current head coach with the New York Jets says that he would be absolutely shocked if this is the end of the future Hall of Famer's career. I I, I haven't gone down that road with him. Um, I mean, I'd be shocked if if this is the way he's going to go out. But uh, but at the same time, for him, uh, he's got... He's working through a whole lot of headspace, uh, things that he needs to deal with, and uh, that will be the last thing I talk to him about. I mean, I, I of course, hold on. Like, of course, Aaron Rodgers is working on a whole lot of headspace things. Because when, when is, when he, is not? he not? I was, but I agree with him. I, I, don't, I, I'd fully expect Aaron Rodgers to be back out there again. I mean, quick story time. So Chris Spielman, you know, just a boy dog warrior linebacker for the Detroit Lions, Buffalo Bills, and then finished his career back in his home state of Ohio with the Cleveland Browns. He once told me that when you have that utmost pride as a player, the last thing you want to end your career is being carried off the field. You never want that to happen. You know, and Chris Spielman, when he was playing back in the 90s, he was one of the best at his position. Uh, perennial Pro Bowl linebacker. And in, in Cleveland, right, when, when his career ended with, that, with that, neck, that neck injury, he's like, I'm not, I'm not being carried off this field. You know, and then he, he, then he hung him up. Aaron Rodgers is one of those prideful boy dog type warriors, right? There's no way that he is going to have that be his final moment in the NFL, being helped off the field. I fully expect him to be back, even at the age of 40, coming off one of the hardest injuries to return from. A lot of guys that I know that, that have played, they, they lose you know, feeling in their toes. You can't, you know, your arch doesn't bend as much. You, know, you don't have the same flexibility. In your in, in in your ankle and your calf, but you figure out a way to overcome it. Like Dan Marino talked about, what after he tore his Achilles late in his career, 
You know, he didn't have the same mobility, the same flexibility in his foot, but he, you, you, the great ones figure out a way to overcome it. I think Aaron Rodgers, he's one of the great ones. He'll figure out whatever it is. If he does lose a little mobility, he'll figure out a way to deliver the football because these guys are that good. And there is zero doubt in my mind he's back on the field again. I don't know if I agree with you. The reason I don't necessarily agree with you is because Aaron Rodgers has toyed with the idea of retirement each and every season of late, right? I mean, he's he's held us hostage talking about, is this guy going to hang it up? It's a whole thing. He wants the attention. Yada, yada. So now we're not going to go through the same thing when he pops his Achilles? Of course we are. Now, maybe there's not going to be a reality to it because at the end of the day, he is a competitor. He's an ultimate competitor. And you're right. It's probably not how he wants to end his career. But also, it's a guy who has dabbled with ending his career every season the last few seasons, even when things haven't gone well for Green Bay. So I don't know how concerned he is about how he goes out of this thing and at what point is he going to think about hanging it up. It'll be a really hard road. I, I, if there was any reality to him considering retiring before, then you would imagine that there has to be some sort of reality to it now because now it's you have to come back from that, which you just described as so hard to come back from. You have to do all that work when you were already considering not doing the work when you were healthy. See, I'm not buying that he was 90% retired. I think that was a ploy to get out of Green Bay. Right. Uh, I think that's why he was talking about openly about retirement to actually say, to drive them damn near insane, not just the, the front office, but also the fan base. I mean, I know he says he loves the fans and everything, but I think the whole, oh, I don't know if I want to play stuff, that was a, especially last year, was a complete ploy to get out of Green Bay, to get to New York with a Super Bowl defense, and to be in the Big Apple. I don't. I didn't buy any of that, and that, that's why I'm not saying you know the whole. Mentally, I was 90% retired before I went into the darkness. Whatever, dude. <laughs> also, maybe a ploy to stay in the headlines and stay ta- being talked about here That's a good on point. our airwaves uh, because he certainly likes that. We're going to continue to talk about him, right? That's the reality of the situation, even though he's not going to be around the New York Jets for at least a quite significant period of time here. This isn't just the injury, though, affecting the Jets. This injury now is affecting the NFL as a whole. A lot of people, people questioning whether the NFL needs to mandate switch to turf at all stadiums. We will get into that. Amber and Ian is on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com with everyone fighting for attention how can your business stand out and connect with customers easy get constant contact constant contacts award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out stay top of mind and see big results fast Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. 
Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. There's our Batman music, inspired by the words of Aaron Rodgers. He will rise yet again. The man popped his Achilles. Like I, I mean, I know that sucks, Ian, but uh, you got to go back for people just no? Amber uh, with Amber Wilson on me and Fitzsimmons you're on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius oh, right. XM channel eighty. For people just it's tuning in, I know it's too funny. I know every now and then we, we get we get especially the two of us we get a little off kilter. <laughs> but you go ahead because I don't have it in front. of me. I'm not on the gram. Um, for people just tuning in, that last line in the Instagram post filled with emojis. I think there were the, the count was eight um, emojis. Mm-hmm. What was the last line in that Instagram post that was like Dark Knight-esque? The night is dark is just before the dawn. And I promise you, the dawn is coming. Was that so it? it starts off the exact same as the Dark Knight there. The night is darkest, dark, uh, blah, 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 blah. Rewind. All right, let's do this again. The night is darkest before the dawn, and I shall rise yet again. But, like, is the night darkest before the dawn, by the way? Now that I'm really thinking about this quote, I mean, is that the darkest point in the no- night? Because I-, I would imagine not, in fact. Very Aaron Rodgers, deep thought with Jack Handy-esque, right? Isn't and the sky lightning a little bit before the dawn, you know? You would think. Yeah. But, I again, don't... then the emojis. I mean, it was the heartbreak emoji, the dollar sign emoji, the googly <laughs> the eyes. Pound, what... a jet, uh, multiple hearts. I mean, there's two regular hearts. There's a broken heart. There's a wide eye, uh, swelling tears face emoji. There's a prayer emoji. There's an infinity emoji. I'm not really sure what that means. But I guess. So how many emojis does it take before, before you're gelded? It means. Yeah, right? Before you get gelded as a man, I mean, how, how many emojis does it take? I, I, you know, I don't want to be on full-on sexist here, but I do. Um, I think that there is a point that it does become, you know, I, something that we see more often with females. We'll put it that way. Jay is calling us from Illinois. If you want to join the conversation here on Amber and Ian, triple eight, say ESPN. That's how you join it. Hey, Jay, you have something on emojis for us? Oh, yeah. I, I, thank you so much for taking my call. But I, I got to say, for someone of that age, I'm pretty much the same age. Unless you are sending a text message to your mother and father, I mean, the, the answer has got to be one. <laughs> I mean, nothing more than one until you lose that man card. Well, I, I will mean, say. What is he doing? I will say, I'm trying to look through his other posts here quickly, and I will say Aaron Rodgers does appear to be a very big fan of the emoji. If I'm looking at all of his posts, his posts include multiple emojis all over the place. I'm seeing golf emojis, heart emojis, uh, fire sign emojis. So this is not drug-induced emoji haze, right, on the Achilles, right? I mean. I mean, I don't well, know. That's I mean, true. Could be, could be some of that too. But he's got. I mean, there's emojis all over the place. He really loves a heart emoji. He has got heart emojis in every color, all over the place. Not two. He likes, not three. He likes a uh, a flexing <laughs> emoji, a bicep curl emoji. Big on that. I'm, I'm with Jay from Illinois. I am 100 in stuff with him. That is way too many emojis for a about to be 40 year old man, especially a professional know. athlete. To be throwing out there. His posts are so darn long when I'm looking back on his posts. I mean, this guy loves to just drone on. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's very deep. It's very, so, it's very deep. And so the heart emojis are all over the place, but they're like, you know, three paragraphs apart because these posts are seven paragraphs long. <laughs> deep thoughts. In the description James, what do you got? Instagram. Yeah. So uh, as an almost 40 year old male, uh, I use a lot of emojis, I think. Uh, do you, you do you? I yeah. could see you. I could so, see you being an emoji. So whenever, fan. whenever, whenever uh, my wife Lisa was pregnant with our first uh, kid, we knew that we were going to name her Johanna. So we called her Johanna Banana. So whenever we were talking about her before she was born, we we get the just did the banana emoji, and then Sid Sydney we called her Sid the Squid. So we used the the squid emoji, and Oscar his initials are OPS. So we used the baseball emoji. Well, so that's for my fortieth hold on for my fortieth birthday. Uh, we're I, we're gonna go get tattoos of the emojis. Okay, that's cute because kids. those yeah, those are the emojis. About your kids, man, represent it's your kids. Football, so we're talking you about. Just, you just made it. Yes, you just made it super sweet. However, Personal. I will say this: I just pulled up James's Instagram account, and there are emojis on every single post. Yeah, and it ain't got nothing to do with those emojis that he just described. That 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 uh, represent his children. His very first post, now given it's of his kid, but it's just a bunch of hearts. Yeah. It, uh, Johanna was yellow, wearing a yellow uniform, so it's a yellow heart. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of them's wearing a blue one, so it's a blue heart. And then there's a purple one. There's a purple heart, right? All right, give me uh-huh, your wallet. Uh-huh. Let me I see mean, the card. I'm seeing posts without your kids in it. You're doing the rock and roll emoji. This isn't exclusive yeah. to the kids. There's football emojis. It's on easier. Here. It's easier than typing something. I don't have a lot to say most of the time, so I just you know you do the rock and roll and. Yeah. Well, listen. Ian's being very judgy for a man whose daughter signed him up for Instagram without his knowledge, and apparently doesn't even know how to post on Instagram. So there you go. Not well versed in Instagram. Begin to tell you. Very well versed though in betting. Let's get to it. Bet till your hands bleed. Uh, five and three last week on the college and pro grid combined. Eight and four on the year as the whammy because uh, we normally don't get off to a hot start. Normally we're very slow out of the gate, like a, like a third red racehorse going about a mile and a quarter. So I'm, I'm a little worried here, especially coming with these on a Wednesday. Normally this is a Thursday or Friday deal, but I'm not here tomorrow. I'm filling in earlier in the lineup with Freddie Coleman. Reunited makes you feel so good. So we're going with a couple of these tonight. We're going to go first NFL Baltimore at Cincinnati. Baltimore's banged up. No, you know, J.K. Dobbins out. Achilles injury. Offensive line. Stanley and Company. You know, Linderbaum also banged up. And since he off that awful performance, they're laying three and a half against Lamar Jackson and Odell Beckham Jr. and all those weapons. Give me Joey B. and Cincy. Buy it down. Never get beat by the hook. Give me Cincinnati minus three. Bet to your hands bleed. That is how you get it done. So there was fallout from the Aaron Rodgers injury that extends well beyond the New York Jets. It has ignited the conversation once again about turf in the NFL. And now Lloyd Howell, the newly elected executive director of the NFLPA, he released a statement today calling for every NFL stadium to have natural grass and not artificial turf. He said, quote, moving all stadium fields to high quality natural grass surfaces is the easiest decision the NFL can make. It goes on to reference the data that makes it clear that turf is more dangerous from an injury perspective. Here's the problem, Ian. Turf also is a lot cheaper. That's the number one reason why it's here. 
You know, now the Arizona Cardinals, they, they have their, their field is grass squares. They, so one big issue here for NFL venues, concerts, monster truck pulls, WWE wrestling, right? I mean, you name it. Those big venues come in, and if you have natural grass, it's going to destroy it. So what Arizona do? They, they wheel theirs out. You have your, your concrete floor. There's your concert. There's your wrestling match. There's your monster truck pool, whatever. Right? There's your rodeo. And then for games, you wheel the grass back in. And the, and the ultimate example, when you, when you have a, an organization that is preaching player safety nonstop, you know, concussions, this, that, whatever, the, 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 the field turf is one of the most unsafe things out there for, for soft tissue injuries. Why do you think when the World Cup is coming, every NFL venue has to take the field turf out and put natural grass in? If I'm an NFL player, I'm demanding this or else. And if you're the NFL, you just lost one of your biggest attractions in Aaron Rodgers. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you go to natural grass at every single venue and mandate it? When you Why? Because it costs more money. The tur- Right, because it costs more money, but you could argue that losing a player like Aaron Rodgers costs you an unbelievably exorbitant Amen. amount of money. And that if you're losing Aaron Rodgers, it's probably actually cheaper to switch to grass. Now, grass makes a big, it's a big thing because you're talking about having to ha- build a greenhouse into your stadium to keep it alive. There's a lot of logistics that go into switching to grass. Yesterday, NFL Executive Vice President Jeff Miller said the league had not found a statistical difference between injury rates on turf versus on grass, though Jeff Miller declined to share data or figures that the NFL had collected as part of its ongoing study into playing surfaces. Coming up next, we will hear what a Super Bowl champion has to say about playing on grass versus playing on turf. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Lots of fallout from the injury to Aaron Rodgers, not just in terms of the New York Jets, but also in terms of playing surfaces in the NFL. Let's bring in some help with that conversation and all things NFL. Two-time Super Bowl champ Brandon Jacobs joining us here on Amber and Ian. And Brandon, thanks so much for your time. I have to start with a very hard-hitting question, though. This is true journalism happening here on Amber and Ian in real time. Aaron Rodgers, he posted finally on Instagram 
Instagram. He's broken his silence since his injury. And he posted, and it was a post that we'd expect from Aaron Rodgers, you know, thanking everybody who's reached out, yada, yada, saying something philosophical at the end. He used seven emojis by my count in the post. Is that too many emojis, Brandon Jacobs? Well, seven emojis is definitely, in my opinion, too many emojis for a guy to send in one thing. But they're there to use, should I say. And if they're telling a part of his, uh, I guess, if they're sending a message without having to type out the letters, uh, I could see that. But seven emojis at one time. You're you're not an emoji man. I looked at your gram. You're not an emoji man. You have like hardly any emojis at all. I'm not. I'm I'm not an emoji man. Like like at all. Like, but if I need to, I need to express myself in a way. I'll probably use one or two, but seven I would never use. But I'm not judging. (laughs) I am. Imagination. Hey, 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 Brandon. Hell yes, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, without question, seven's way too. I just went out and asked my wife and daughters. They're like seven. Was there a manifestation emoji in there? I mean, because that's 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 ridiculous. That, that's over the top. I mean, I mean hand over your wallet. I understand, man. This is a business, man. This is his first season in New York with the Jets, and a lot of hype was built around the team. And he goes in there and, and able to play three plays and go out with a season and an injury. I mean, no telling what's going on in, you know, in his brain. But, you know, hey, we'll never know. Uh, that, that brain? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you aren't kidding. Brandon Jacobs, Super Bowl champion here with us on ESPN Radio with Amber Wilson on me and Pitt Simmons. All right, you, you, the big, uh, one of the big stories is field turf versus grass. So when you played, I mean, it, just, and, and you talked to current players also, how many guys would prefer week in, week out to play on natural grass versus tire pellets? How many guys in the NFL? There you go. What, 1,500, 1,550, somewhere around there? Yeah, I think all of them would prefer grass over turf. Because your body, not even what happened during the game, but your body feels so much better. Your body, like, it recovers so much better uh, after you play a game on grass versus turf. I mean, you play on turf, you go through Tuesday, and you're still hurting. You know, you go through Tuesday, and you got, like, aches and all kinds of stuff everywhere. But you play on grass, and you walk out of that thing, Monday is going to be a recovery day. Tuesday, you know, you feel great. You, you know, you can feel good and ready for the week. I'm, I'm much, I'd rather uh, grass over turf any day. A lot of people echoing that same sentiment, including the NFLPA that released a statement on it. Two-time Super Bowl champion Brandon Jacobs joining us here on Amber and Ian. Let's talk about what happened across week one beyond just what happened with Aaron Rodgers. And let's talk about your former team in the New York Giants. I mean, what happened here, Brandon? The Cowboys put up a 40-burger on the Giants. The Cowboys put up a 40-burger on the Giants. That is absolutely correct. I don't think they put a 40-burger up on the Giants, should, should we say. I think they was out there by themselves and just scored at will. <laughs> I don't think anybody was on the field with the Cowboys at the time. It didn't look like it. Yeah, it did not look like it at all. I mean, but what I say, though, I mean, the Cowboys, they didn't light up the score. You know, they lit up the scoreboard, but they didn't light up the stat sheet. So, which, which you know, a lot of people don't understand when I make the post I make when I say this. Yeah, they did not light up the uh, they lit up the scoreboard, but didn't lit up the statue. Which means there's so many different mistakes the Giants made, and they had great field position to put points on the board. So you know, no, it's not a moral victory because they didn't put up a bunch of yards, but that just shows how bad the Giants played. Turn the football over, 
you know, you just can't do it in the NFL and still expect to win. Brandon, now the Giants have to go out to Arizona, and this might be what we would call in college football, you remember those days of a, a get-right game, because it is the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. How important uh, – one, how do you, as a professional athlete, turn that embarrassment that you had on Sunday night and put it behind you and then get ready even for a team as bad as the Arizona Cardinals? Well, it's really hard to get ready for a team that doesn't really have too much to offer. But what do they have to offer? What do the New York Giants have to offer the, the, the Arizona Cardinals? They they just lost forty nothing there, zero and one. So I mean, I can't I can't see them putting themselves ahead of them because they're not. I mean, they haven't played like it. They look terrible on Sunday night, and that's just the gist of it. I mean, you can't sleep on Arizona Cardinals because you know by the scoreboard and stat sheet. Even though you both are 0 one you lost. You're both lost, but they are better than you on paper because they put up more numbers and they didn't give up as much as you did. Yeah, the Cardinals at least put up 16 on the Commanders where the Giants put up a whole lot of nothing on the Dallas Cowboys. Two-time Super Bowl champ Brandon Jacobs joining us here. So you kind of downplayed, I feel like, what the Cowboys did and made that a little bit more about the mess that was the Giants there in Week 1. How much should we be reading into some of these Week 1 losses of the more elite teams? Like the Bengals also didn't show up for their game. Kansas City losing in Week 1. How much does that matter, do you think? Well, I think it, well, I think with it being week one, because I'm a guy who don't really put much into week one because I was a part of a football team that went 0-2 and, and we walked away with, with the Lombardi Trophy. So it's kind of hard to, 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 to shape your season in one loss um, in week one. Um, you know, I think I think one of the only teams that really have to really worry, in my opinion, is the Pittsburgh Steelers because the Steelers didn't look that great and they lost to a team from the weakest division in National Football League. Um, who I don't even have making the playoffs this year. So, I mean, out of all the guys, I mean, I, I think out of all the teams, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers may have, they may have to worry a little bit more than others in that week one loss. Hold on a minute. You don't have the San Francisco 49ers making the playoffs? I'm sorry. The San Francisco 49ers will make the playoffs. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Who did Tampa Bay play? Tampa Bay beat Minnesota. Mm, yeah, Minnesota. That's what you were. That's what you were thinking. I was thinking. I was going to say, Brandon, everybody get into it, man, because that defense. Those are some hunters out there in San Fran. (laughs) No, I got I got San Fran going far. I'm sorry, I was wrong. I'm I'm in the middle of going to dinner with my wife. (laughs) That's what I mean. But yes, the uh, the Minnesota Vikings, who had a great season last year, they started off at the beginning of the season. They defense was lights out, and as they went on last year, their defense kind of weakened and weakened until, they, you know, when they got to the Giants in the playoffs, obviously they, you know, they lost that one. But being one of the top teams in the NFL last year to start out like they did in week one, I know they got the loss of Devin Cook and, so, you know, so on and so forth. But, you know, he, he put up about 1,500, 1,600 total yards for them last year. Um, so, I mean, losing those type of numbers is, is you know, is really big. So I think they're the team. Not the Steelers. The Vikings should be the team worried out of all the week one losses. I'm sorry. You're good. And you might need some emojis if you're talking to us and you're going to dinner with your wife. That may require yeah. more than just yeah, emojis. what are you doing? But thank, we appreciate you hopping on. I feel like you've got way more important things going on, though, Brandon. <laughs> no, it's just cool. One thing about her, she is understanding all of this. She understands my job. She understands what I do. I mean, I'm on the radio every Sunday myself from uh, – 11 to 2, and then again from 4 to 7. So, I mean, yeah, ESPN Radio, 
uh, ESPN New York, I, I do that every Sunday. So she understands. She understands well where I, where I'm trying to go. She's already gotten out to go get the table. So we're good. <laughs> That's good. That's a good woman right there. Uh, yes, you are part of the fam here on ESPN. Two-time Super Bowl champ, of course, as well, Brandon Jacobs. Uh, one final one here for you, Brandon. You just talked about the Vikings losing to Tampa Bay. The Eagles didn't look flawless either in week one, even though they got the dub over the Patriots. They did struggle against that team. What do you make of Tomorrow night, Eagles Vikings. Oh, I got the Eagles winning that one. I, I wouldn't worry at all about the Eagles. They got the, the, the you know they got the type of talent to turn it on whenever they want. But let's go back to last week with the Eagles. They dominated the, the first half of the game. They dominated. I'm not sure what ended up happening to you know in the second half with New England making a comeback, but they most definitely dominated the you know the the first half of the game. So it shows flashes of, of some greatness from the Eagles. I. I don't think I don't think we have to worry about the Eagles at all. Thank you, Brandon. Go enjoy your dinner no with problem. your wife. No problem. <laughs> Tell her thank you. Alrighty. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, two-time Super Bowl champ Brandon Jacobs coming up next here on Amber and Ian. Have we seen the end of the load management era in the NBA? ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Rolling along here on Amber and Ian. Find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Amber and Ian is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So the NBA Ian is trying to do something about the problem, the very, very real problem that it has, that its stars in a star-driven league are often sitting on the bench instead of playing in the games and even the games that matter most during the regular season because these dudes like to rest and they still collect their paychecks. They've got a whole lot of guaranteed money coming their way. The teams allow it to happen. The stars in this league, obviously very, very powerful. The PA in this league is very powerful. And the problem for the NBA is that fans show up and turn on their televisions to see these guys play and their favorite players aren't always playing. So the NBA has now enacted a new policy. It's been recommended by the NBA Competition Committee. It will apply to nationally televised games and in-season tournament games. This is according to Woj. Teams can face punishment for sitting multiple stars during regular season games. It allows the teams to be fined to sit any stars during 
those games as well. And the the policy is just very clearly aimed at preventing teams from resting players. They call it an integrity of the game matter. Now, what's interesting here is the fines are pretty hefty. Reportedly, $100,000 fine for a first violation, $250,000 for the second, increase by $1 million for each subsequent violation. So you were talking about millions of dollars potentially in fines. If you take the Warriors, for example, from the last couple seasons, it would quite literally be, now given the policy didn't apply, it would be millions and millions of dollars in fines. So these NBA teams and these players are probably going to have to adjust if this is becoming the reality of things in the NBA. The first one, I mean, that, that's like 10 bucks to you and I, right? right. And then uh, the second one's like 25 bucks. Not even, not, hold on a minute. It's like $2.50 to me, right? A, a quarter of a million dollars to some right. of these guys. I had 25 to me. Exactly. <laughs> you kidding. have boats in an island. So there you go. Uh, but after that, then, then it starts to get interesting. And the criteria is simple. Like if you're wondering, like, what is a star player? If you've been named to an all-star team or an, an all-NBA team in the previous three seasons, you're a star. Mm-hmm. That's the criteria they're using. And I, I applaud it. I mean, and I don't want to go all man, back in the day, but did you ever see Michael Jordan taking load management games or Larry Bird or Magic Johnson or Charles Barkley? No, these guys were playing 80 of 82 I mean, Jordan, when they went, you know, and, and had that 72-win season, he played, a th- if I'm not mistaken, all, in all 82 games. So there was not load management. This, this is something that was, has come on very recently, and one of the first to really do it was not Kawhi Leonard. He's kind of the poster child for it. But it was Greg Popovich and Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili. And I'll never forget it. They were going down to play your Miami Heat, and it was a fourth game in five days. San Antonio on the road to Miami. And what does Pop do? Sends Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili home to San Antonio on a, on a PJ, the old private jet, right? The rest of the team goes down to Miami. And it was a big old bleep you to the NBA schedule makers. You're going to have us go play LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Bosch and the boys when they had a day of rest beforehand at home and we're on our fourth and five days? The hell with you. DNP, reason he put old. <laughs> so that, that to me was the first time I can remember load management. That was years ago, obviously. And then it just spiraled. And Kawhi Leonard is the poster child. And especially for national TV games. You know that drives them nuts when that morning it's, nope, not, not going to be available. Whether you name marquee star. That drives Adam Silver and the, and the other owners Nuts, because you're looking for TV ratings, and that's the brand of your game, are your faces, your marquee stars. What also really irritates me is when you have a Western Conference star playing in a city in the East for one game, and you have fans you know, that will travel hundreds of miles and buy the ticket and everything else, assuming that said stars are going to play. Let's say your family's been relocated from L.A. to Philly or whatever, right? And it's the one time you get to see the Lakers. And, and LeBron is, is not a load management guy. I mean, he, if he can play, he's going out there. But let's just use him as an example. And all of a sudden, you know, the Brow and the Bron don't play. Well, you've spent all that money. You've made all that trip. You've got to tell little Susie and little Johnny, I'm sorry they're not out there. And it, it sucks. It does. 
So those are instances, national TV games, and the rare chance to see East play West, West play East, those stars, that it shouldn't even cross a superstar's mind. But in this day and age, Amber, and I'm curious to get your thought on this, a lot of these guys don't give a damn about the fans. Even though the fans, without them, you ain't making hundreds of millions of dollars. They care about their focus group of one, and that's it. I don't... Oh, but I don't agree that the players today care less about the fans than the players of yesteryear. Frankly, I think had load management been a thing during the Michael Jordan era, we would have seen it then as well, right? I mean, this idea that, oh, those guys all showed up for 82 and now these guys can. It's like, well, yeah, but also because we know a whole lot more now about how to take care of your body, and that's what these guys are doing. And these guys the are trying to... If, if they're able to do it, why can't these guys do it? What do you mean? Well, there was less science back then than there is now. That's my they, point. Is now able- these guys are so much more in tune with their bodies and the teams are so much more in tune with how to preserve these guys that everybody's on board with trying to elongate their careers and focus also on winning in the postseason. They've realized, they've learned from the mistakes of the past. And so that's what they're doing. They're all trying to focus on their own individual durability and try to help their own individual bottom line in addition to the team's themselves trying to help their own individual chances of winning in the postseason, right? I mean, that's what this is all about. And the NBA really has a problem because already it's an 82-game season. It's probably too many. And the regular season, the diminishment of the importance of each and every regular season game has been an issue that you see Adam Silver trying to address with this new in-season tournament. The reality is the real way to address it is you shorten the season to 60. And no one's going to do it because nobody wants to give up money. Nobody wants to give up the television dollars as well. So they're trying to find other ways to do it. Well, what doesn't help the diminishment of the importance of the regular season is these big stars not playing in regular season games on top of the fact that, frankly, there's too many games, and so each and every game isn't important enough. And so then you don't have LeBron James playing in some of those games, or you said LeBron's not a load management guy. That's fair for the huge majority of his career, and now it's normally ticky-tacky injuries because of where he's at age-wise. AD sure as hell is a load management guy. Both of those guys now qualify under these rules where they can't be, quote-unquote, load managed in nationally televised games. Kawhi does as well. So does Paul George. A lot of these guys that have been doing that for years now that we've seen it, even when the games are nationally televised, they're not going to be able to continue to do it because I can't imagine these teams are going to be cool taking the million-dollar fines. You know, if you did it once, fine. But over and over again, these fines go into the millions quickly. Here's the thing about today's player. They've been reconditioned because less science back then, meaning the 80s, 90s, even early 2000s, they, their, their bodies were calloused and used to playing 80 of 82 or pitchers today, right? I mean, remember Louis, Louis Tiant and Nolan Ryan, they, they threw both complete games. I think Nolan Ryan threw 180 pitches, Tiant threw like 170, and on three days rest, they met again, went extra innings, each threw a complete game. I think Nolan Ryan threw a 220 pitches, and Tiant had like 240. Yet they, but they were, they were used to it. Their bodies were used to it. Now... You know, it's if you go six innings, boy, you're a warrior. I mean, it, it's they've been reconditioned, and that's where load management has slowly crept in, and it's gotten more and more prevalent. So their bodies, and mentally and physically, are not used to the load that is required to play 
I'll take 75 of 82. They're just, they're, it's just a different athlete today. They're not conditioned to go through that grind, and that's how we've gotten to this point. That is part of it. That is certainly part of it. Also, the understanding of the wear and tear. And then the, the, the length that these guys are trying to have in terms of their career. The LeBron Jameses of the world uh, playing at such an elite yeah, level at darn near 40 years he's old. He's a cyborg. Right. And, it, and, and, for, and he hasn't been a guy that's missed a ton of time in his NBA career. But that's what all of these guys are trying to accomplish. So this situation with the NBA is not going away anytime soon, but they're trying to find ways to address it. This feels like a pretty effective way to address it, at least in part when it comes to nationally televised games. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, are there any concerns in Philadelphia after a shaky week one for the Philadelphia Eagles? We'll get into it. Amber and Ian's on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is on the ESPN app.